everything that I want to share with you and, and conclude this. Because uh, I have something else which was part of the prophecy this morning about sin. Uh, you heard that? Sin? Yeah, I will want to talk about some of these things uh, next week, uh, Sunday, and uh, help us to understand that we are no slaves to sin. Sin does not have to have dominion over our lives. You can be free if you want to. You can be free if you want to. We're not listening to the world. So we're going to be talking about that next Sunday, uh, dealing with the power of God that frees us from every sin. I don't care how long you've had an addiction. God can free you. God can free you. So we're going to be talking about that next week. But let's uh, recite our, our scripture here to our God. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's so good to know that except he builds a house, those who build, they're building in vain. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. And until we hear from him, we don't have the ability to obey. It's his revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ that frees us. I want to continue with the message, supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. Every father, every good father on earth will do whatever it takes to make sure that the family is doing well. And the needs of the kids are met. Not just financially, not food, in every area. We want the best for our children. We want the best for our children. We want every single child in our home to do well. Not one doing well and the other one not doing so well. And the other one is not doing well at all. We have to, to look to that. We, that's our desire. But Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? So God wants to do you good. We just have to fall in line with Him. And so we're talking about supernatural provision that God is able to meet every single need you have in your life. You just have to believe Him. That he is able to do so. So God says, take your mind away from meeting your needs. Because I'll take care of that. He said, consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil. They don't do. But God takes care. The birds of the sky. He says, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Meaning, God will take care of your needs. There will be times where you will have in abundance. Those times you must expect. Then there are times where you don't have too much because it's time for sowing. So when you're sowing, you don't have a whole lot. But then there is time for harvest. So we expect abundance in the time of harvest. That's for the children of the living God. 
So we must know that. So the first thing is we must know and have that knowledge that God's not against you. God wants the best for you. Why would Jesus die to give you the worst? He died to give you the best. And we have to believe that. And God will take us as far as we want to go. If you don't want to go, that's up to you. You know, this morning I was praying back there and God was dealing with me about some things. He's just sharing. I almost like, I, I laughed out loud because it was funny. He said to me, you see, these guys on, on Monday morning, well, guess what you see on 290? The streets is jammed with everybody running towards wherever they're going. He said, what are they looking for? What's driving them? They're going to look for money. Hello? <laughs> Don't lie to yourself. You know that's what you're doing. And, 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 and sometimes if you get in front of them, they want to get to work early enough to get some money. And if you cut them, they get mad. I mean, they, they got to get there. He said, that's all they're doing. Our life is so tied with money. You think God won't have something to say about this matter? Well, he has a lot to say. He has a lot to say. A good bit of what we do, every morning we up. Work day, you got to go. If you sit at home, they say, what's the matter with you? They're out looking for money, whatever job you're doing. I know you tell me you're going to your job, but truly you're looking for money, excuse me. <laughs> and it's just true. He's so much part of our lives. And God has something to say about it. How you can have it and it not having you. How you are not worshipping it. He becomes your servant to bring you some comfort when you need it. And for you to use it to help others have some comfort. But he's not your God. You know the source. Amen? He is a servant. Many is your servant. To help. So God has a lot to say about it. Because it's so much part of our lives. So don't deceive yourself. We all need to know what God has to say about this thing. Because it's important to us. And if it's important to us, it's important to God. And believe me, this book has a lot to say about it. If you want to dig, go digging. And he'll tell you what to do. Amen? So the first thing you want to have that knowledge that God cares for you. He's going to take care of you. And if things are not going well, it's not because he doesn't want it for you. You just don't understand yet. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So that's the first thing. Second thing is believe that God wants you to prosper. And didn't say God wants every one of us to be a millionaire. No. God wants you to prosper. God wants you, all of your needs met. God, that's his desire. That's the desire of every father on earth. You want the, the needs of all your kids met. And if you being evil want that, how much more this great good God? He wants more. God is a person. Hello? God is a being. There is one God. He is a person. God. And he has feelings. He knows what's right and what's wrong. 
He knows when you're hurting. He knows when you need something. He knows when your family is hurting. He knows when you don't have food to eat. He bothers him because he is the father. He will meet your need if you come to him. We need to understand that. We need to know that. That God wants you to prosper. And the book has a lot to say about it. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law, that's the Bible, let it not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein, in it. And then it says, for then. So the book has information that will help you to observe everything that's written in the book. And if you observe everything that's written in the book, then you will make your way prosperous. So God wants it. It's in the book. Get it from the book. If you don't let it depart from your mouth, and if you meditate in it there, and then you are able to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. There is good success and there is bad success. Some of them in Hollywood have bad success. But good success leaves you with peace. Just as it says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And does not add, God does not add sorrow with it. So God, when, he blessing, when he's blessing you, he's going to meet all your needs. A rich person is not only the man who has money. A rich person is he has money, some money to take care of all his needs. He's healthy. His children are not sick. They are not out using drugs, going crazy. Dad cannot sleep because the kid is in, the, is in jail. He got to pay money. Well, I'm rich. I can pay my money. I'll, I'll get them out of jail. And that's not being rich. You're hurting. You can't sleep. You're not rich. You just have money. Riches means everything is peace. God's taking care of you. So you make your way prosperous. But so you have to believe that it's written in the book and the book has information for you to make your way prosperous and for you to have not just success, but good success. That says God wants you to have good success. So we need to believe, we need to believe that. Because if you don't believe, God cannot act. If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you have to believe. The next step is very important. You have to be willing. You have to be willing. Please, we need to be very careful what we say with our mouth. Because life and death are, from, are, the power, are in the power of the tongue. I hear Christians say, well, I'll give. I don't care if God gives back to me. That's not what God said. That's your opinion. I'll stay with what he said. He said, give and it shall be given to you. And if you don't expect what he says, then you really don't believe what he's saying. He said it. I believe it. Give, it shall be given to you. Good measure, president, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So if you give and don't expect, you just fulfilled part, part of what God said. Halfway. You're halfway. 
You believe it, the whole thing. So we believe what God says. So we have to be willing. Until you are willing, God cannot give you what you don't want. God will not give you salvation until you want it. God will not save you, even though God is powerful. He can save the whole world. Yes, he can, but he's not doing it. Why? Because people don't want to get saved. Jesus made this statement. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hand gathers her cheeks under her wings. But you were not willing. That's the issue. If you are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. He wanted to do it. Jesus wanted to save them, but they were not wanting it, so he left them alone. He said, your house is left to you desolate. You don't want it, and I'm not going to bother with you. So we need to be willing. That part is very important. And then the next step is obey the prescriptions, or follow the prescriptions that God gave. (laughs) And many of you obey your doctor, right? (laughs) Take it three times a day. And if you forget, oh, I forgot to take my medicine. You run. Well, God has some prescriptions in his Bible. Amen? And you need to follow those prescriptions. You know, if, you, if your doctor tells you to take three times a day, and you only took uh, for every day, you know, three times every day, for, for two weeks, and you only took three times one day for the whole week, you know nothing's going to happen, right? <laughs> We know that. We listen to our doctors, but we don't listen to God. When he tells us to do something, we try once or twice. Even when your doctor says it's going to be about a month before you see any results. Don't worry, it's going to be about, about, about maybe a few weeks. You'll be taking that thing faithfully for a long time. Even if it's five weeks, you're still taking it. Even though uh, nothing is happening. You listen to a man. But God says, just do this. Follow my prescription. After two weeks, he comes back to pastor and says, Pastor, I've been doing this thing for two weeks and it's not working. I'm going to quit. That's, the, that's why we make, we make so much. Be willing, but then obey the prescription. Follow what God says to do. And it may not happen one day, but God can do for you what you have been struggling and striving to do in 50 years and have been very unsuccessful. In one month, God can change everything. So be patient. That's what the Bible says. But don't stop believing, trusting God. And sometimes words from people can discourage you to make you turn. But stay with what he said and watch what God will do. To him be all the glory when he's through with it. Amen? So we need to obey him. The Bible tells us in Job chapter 36 verse 11, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. How if they obey and serve him? So, if you are obeying Scripture, but you are not serving, that's another thing. But you obey and you serve Him. 
<coughs> there are certain things that the scripture said we must do, and I want to share that with you. This is now principles that God has put in his word that we can follow through. If you do this and you are diligent in doing this, by and by. First of all, God will give you just a token to tell you you are on the right path. It's called the days of small beginnings. And God says, don't despise it. Because the big one is coming behind. If you stay faithful with it. So I'm going to start talking about those things. There are principles. There are two ways for you to get what I call wealth. Get to be prosperous in the kingdom of God. One is the world's way. The way of the world is hard work. But the Bible says it is useless for you to stay up late at night to eat the bread. You're working so hard, but it's not producing much for you. God has to do it. God has to do it. So the way of the world is hard work. That doesn't mean we can't do hard work. We come into that. This hard work is involved in this. It's hard work, stealing, killing, lying, cheating. That's the way of the world. They don't care if they rip you off as long as they get the money. Sometimes that happens in church too. They rip you off. They don't care. They just want the money. That's the way of the world. But what you sow is what you reap. So there is a principle I just mentioned, sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is the way of God. So that you can have eternal life. There's so much in the, in the scriptures that we can look at and watch what God does. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. While the earth remains. Is the earth still here? Is the earth still here? While the earth remains. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. This is God speaking. As long as the earth is still here, there is going to be seed, time, and harvest. This was after God destroyed the first world. And now God was setting everything back in place in order for the people that are going to live after the flood. And then he's giving principles that you cannot balk against. They are always here with us. He says, as long as the earth remains, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night, shall not cease. As long as you got day and night, Believe me, that's the principle God has set in place. He's working. You can't say, well, well, I just woke up. I I guess I missed one day. No. It's day and night. It's always there. And this principle of seed time and harvest is also there. He's working. That's all God said. And then when you go to the New Testament, God's saying, your giving is seed. And there's got to be a harvest. That will never cease. That's the way of the Lord. He seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. 
Again, we go into some area that is very important. This is, as I think as the Lord showing me stuff. I have to go to this. Is it possible for you to just go so anywhere? You, you just walk into the Ark Fellowship. They have a land here. And so you clear it. And then you begin to plant. I'll call the police for you. <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm, I'm planting my corn. But that's my land. And now I don't care. It's land. I'm going to plant my corn. And he says, I'll call the cops for you. Yes, you got seed, but who, give, who gave you permission to sow in our land? That's our land. You got, go get your own land, okay? Get your own land for your sowing. Amen. That's the principle that you have to understand. How do you get your land? Your tithe. Your tithe is your land. If you're going to be doing preach stuff with God, you're going to be doing business because there's heaven and earth. Jesus said this scripture words. He said, do not sow your, your treasure on, don't put your treasure on earth. And I used to bother me, what does he mean by this? Don't put your treasure on earth, put it in heaven because interest rates and banks problem and all kinds of things, economy will affect that. But in heaven, your treasure stays. We're not buying anything in heaven. This is where we buy. But you, and I'm coming to some scriptures to make that very clear. When you put them there, when you have need, God's going to give to you. Somehow, he's going to get it back to you. It's scriptural. God's going to get it back to you. But you need a land for you to sow. Every covenant person must be a tither. If you want God to bring increase into your life and you have a covenant with God, you've got to be a a tither. You have to do that because the land doesn't belong to you. It's on lease. You make your payments. You have to be a tither. And that's what is wrong with the church. Most people don't tithe. And sometimes even leaders in church are not consistent with their giving when it comes to tithing. They think they're hiding it from God. He knows what's going on. He may have mercy. He, you can't do anything. He sees what's going on. You hide your money, and other, your brothers are making, having, giving to have everything in place for you, air conditioning, and you're enjoying God's work, presence, and you're making your brothers pay for it, and you're hiding it. He sees it. He sees it. Look at what it says. It tells us in Leviticus chapter 27, it says, And all the tithe of the land, guess whose land? They belong to him. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed, again, seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So, if you have to have a land with God, the land belongs to Him. That's what God said. That's His land. He's loaned to you for you to sow so that you can receive. And that's the way it's going to be. You have to have an account. You can't just walk into the bank and say, I want to withdraw some money. They will ask you, do you have an account with us? Right? 
These are simple things. And before you open an account, guess what they want from you? Give us some money so we can open an account for you and you can grow it. We can give you interest, but you don't have any account with us until you give us your money and we use your money for business and we give you money. That's just the way it works naturally. So we have to give to God what belongs to Him. Notice what it says, the tithe is the Lord's. It's not your money. God doesn't bless thieves. If you're taking the tithe and you're using it for your family, God may, un- may tolerate it for a while. Just because you're not, going to having, you're not having problems doesn't mean he's happy. He's merciful. But the time is going to come when God says, my spirit will not strive with man. And then everything falls and you're wondering what's going on. I will, encu- I will encourage you today, if you are not faithful in paying your tithe, you better be. We are, this is the last days. It's not because of a church or money. I pay my tithe. I pay tithe to the Assemblies of God, and I also pay to our church because that's the way it's set up for ministers. But I don't feel I pay tithe just like everybody else. But if you're not doing it, believe me, God has a record in heaven. He knows what you're doing. But if you are a true servant of God, you pay your tithe. It's very important. Listen to this scripture. Malachi chapter 3, popular with preachers. Sometimes preachers are afraid to tell people. I'm not afraid to tell you. I'm not. Because it's the truth. It's just the truth. We are not to please people, but tell them the truth. Because this is what opens the door for their blessings. It's not to take from you, it's to give to you. If I don't tell you the truth, and you are not... Following what God says, I'm going to be judged. And it's because I'm afraid. If I say it, they'll get mad. No, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to be judged. I have to, like Paul, what he said, I never held back anything that was profitable to you. I've got to speak the truth. I'm going to tell you, if you are part of our church, I told you today, before God, that you are responsible for giving 10th of your income or your increase to God. Whether you do it or not, that's between you and God. In this church, I don't check who gives. I don't know who is giving or who is not giving. That's not my business. It's between you and God, but I will tell you the truth. If you do this, you close the door for God's blessings upon your life. Not just financially, but in every other way. You don't control what's going to happen to your children, how they will prosper in life or not prosper. God may not do anything to you, but the price is seen in your kids. You don't know how it's going to come. You open the door for Satan to attack your finances and your life and your children and everything. So that's the first thing. Then we need to be diligent in sowing. You got the land, then sow. Sow in the land. Doing things God's way is wisdom. Desiring to do things God's way is right. Not the way of the world. If you desire to do things the way God has prescribed to do it, that's the right thing to do. There are a lot of Christians, they give and God doesn't seem to be blessing them in return. But God does bless in different ways. And sometimes God will help you understand what's going on and how to do this. This is a part of the New Testament when it comes to giving. There is a grace in giving. 
Paul said to the Corinthians, I don't want you to come short of this grace of giving. If you love, you give. So we give to God because we love Him. Listen to what the Bible says to do when you give. And Paul was saying this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He said, But this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, if he's talking about us all being farmers, then I will be coming to everyone's farm here. He's not talking about sowing seed. He's talking about giving money to the work of God. That's what he's talking about. This is scripture. And God is saying to us by his Holy Spirit, if you want more, give more. That's hard work. Hello? We're talking about hard work? That's hard work. If you only have $2,000 and God says, I want you to give 1000 <laughs> Throughout the service, you probably not hear the notes. You are wondering, God, you're really serious? I only got 2000 You know, I got a lot of bills to pay. That's hard work. <laughs> to give it, that's what you worked for, right? And God's asking for it. And God says, the more you give, the more you get. And everything is by faith. If you don't trust what God said, you're not going to let it go. You ask God, okay God, if I give it, how is it going to come back to me? Can you explain a little bit more? Is there somebody in the church? How is it going to come? Am I going to get a promotion? How is this going to work? And, 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 and if you don't believe him, you say, well, God, this is not going to work. I'm not going to do it. When I'm in uh, Nigeria, I, I guess I said it, I, 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 I do some stuff with them. Because they go to church, uh, we, they, they pay their tithes and everything in cash. You understand what I'm saying? Everything is in cash. And um, I guess they'll have some crypt notes, real nice notes in one pocket. And... Uh, crumpled notes in the other pocket and, 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 and the, the thousand uh, naira notes they have in one pocket they are really nice looking crisp well, they put it in that pocket and, and, and the two the ten the ten dollar ten naira and a uh, hundred naira that are rough crumpled they are in, in this side and then they worship God and they worship him praise the Lord hallelujah they dance and then it's time for offering, and they're still excited, and they want to give, and they put their hands in their pockets, and, 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 and then they, 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 they move it up to look what they're giving. It's a thousand. <laughs> no pastor deserves that, is it? They, they, he's still dancing. Nobody's watching. He's, he's, he's still dancing. And then he pulls out the crumpled notes. He says, yeah. That's what's good. And I was, God's watching, boy. <laughs> so I deserve the crumpled note. That's what you're doing. You think it's funny? That's what the book of Isaiah says. You're giving me these animals that are not, that's their time, their sacrifice. 
animals with broken limbs. That's exactly what people do to God. They don't want to give him the best. They don't want to give him the best. And if you don't give God the best, those who honor me, I will honor. If you don't honor him with some, I believe, uh, uh, is it Proverbs chapter 3? If you don't honor me, is it those who honor me, honor the Lord with the fruit, the first fruit of your income. Give it to God. When you don't do that, you don't honor God. So it's really about giving to God. If you give more, you'll get. How do you give? It says in Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. Don't let anybody pressure you. It's really up to you. You give as you have decided in your heart to give. If pastor is telling you, look, if you don't give, the church is going to be closed down and it's keep beating on that, uh, put your fingers in your ears. Don't listen. Only as he tells you to give. Decide from it in your own heart, between you and your God. If you have a heart for God, you give. Pastor don't have to say anything. It's between you and your father. Amen? He says, each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. That you are sad because you feel pressured to give. When you are sad, God is not going to respond to it. It's a spiritual act. It's an act of worship. And you can't worship God with sadness. Giving to God is very high worship. And if you are sad to worship God, why should he respond to that? So you give with joy. Don't be sad, he says, when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. He's saying, don't give it if the man is saying, you got to do it right now. Don't do it because you're not going to get any reward from God. You did it because he's saying something about it. It has to come from your heart that God will respond to it. Why is God telling us this? Because he wants to bless us and there are ways we'll do it where he will not respond. He said, don't do it that way. Do it the other way so I can respond and bless you. Let it come from your heart. A sacrifice. Sweet smelling sacrifice with aroma to God and then God responds to it. That's what he says. He says, God loves the person who gives happily. A cheerful giver. God, does God love everybody? Yes, he does. But when you cheerfully give to God, there's a special kind of love. And is the love, this love is not the love for everybody. It's a response between you and him because he's going to respond to what you just did. And bless you. So it's very important. There's another factor here. You don't give because I have to give to church or I know there is a need, I have to give. No, you won't get any response from God for that. You give out of love. You give out of love. If you love God, you give to God. 
If you really love God, you'll give. Nobody's going to force you. I know what Jesus has done for me. I'm going to give to his work. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to give. When you are holding back, then you don't value the sacrifice that was made on your behalf. For God so loved the world that what? He gave. If you love, you give. If you are not giving, it's because you don't love. Paul said in Corinthians, I am asking you to give because I want to test the sincerity of your love for God. To see whether you really love God. And if you give without a heart of love, it's a sacrifice that is unacceptable to God. And there is not going to be any reward. Listen to what the scripture says. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 3. He says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. How many want to feed the poor? We all want to feed the poor. And you should feed the poor. I'm not saying when you give, give to church alone. No. If you know a brother that has a need and God has brought that to your attention and you have ability to give to it, give to it is like loaning money to, uh, loaning money to God. God's going to pay you back. That's what the scripture says. It's not just giving to church. It's seeing somebody who has a need and you can help, you go ahead and help him. Without anybody knowing. A thousand, two thousand, depending on the need and depending on how whether you can do it, you can actually help them or not. But that doesn't mean you let go of paying your tithe and all of that and giving to the work of God because you want to do good. That's charity, but has nothing to do with God. That's what the world is doing. They're giving out. God's still blessing them for doing that because they're taking care of the poor. But in heaven, it's not registered there. It is, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, guess what? It profits me nothing. You get no result from God. God doesn't respond to that. Your giving must be based out of love. I love Jesus. I'm going to give. I'm not going to sit back here and watch God's work go down. I will do something about it. Pastor, how much do we need? I'm going to give to that. Okay, tomorrow I'm coming back and I'm going to make a a sacrifice for me, but I'm going to do it. I'm not going to sit back here and watch the work of God go down. When God is seeing a person like that, guess what? He's found a friend. He'll put everything through you because he knows your heart is in his work. I've heard, read about people that have actually sold their homes just to put them back in the ministry. You think they became hopeless, homeless? No. Jesus said, you sell one home, I'll give you a hundredfold. And he's not a liar. Amen. If you want to sow, God will give you seed. Amen. Second Corinthians, I'm going to finish this because we're not coming back. Next Sunday, I'm going somewhere else. So bear with me. Hey, lock the door. Make sure nobody lives back in. <laughs> God says, God is the one who gives seed to the farmer or the sower and bread for food. God gives seed. What is he talking about? Does God want every one of us to farm, go buy your land and be a farmer? No. God's saying, I will give you money so to give to the house of God. God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and bread for food. He will give you, notice the word, he will give you all the seed you need. He will give you 
all the seed you need. That means if you are sold out to help God's work around the world, God will continue to furnish you with seed that to sow because you have decided to be a sower. God gives seed to the sower. So when God's giving seed to sower, God considers every one of you a farmer. <laughs> According to the word of God. Every one of us. And God is the one that gives you seed. If you are willing to sow the seed. God gives the talent. Don't bury your talent. Amen. Don't bury your talent. So he gives seed to the sower. He says, he'll give you all the seed that you need and make it grow so that there will be a great harvest from your goodness. He's going to be there. He will make you rich in every way. Notice, not just in money, but in every way. God will. This is scripture. God will make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely. That means God wants you to give constantly. Always giving freely. If you don't have, you can't give. So God knows you want to give, so he keeps shoveling it to you, so you keep passing it on. And she passes on, he shovels more. You pass it on, he gives more. But we don't believe this, so we don't want to do it. We're holding back. And God is not able to pour upon us. I'm going to read, leave from that scripture, go to the last scripture because of time. And this is speaking to those who have First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. It says, Command those who are rich with things of this world not to be proud. Tell them, Timothy, tell them to hope in God, not in their uncertain riches. Because what happens is when God, if your mind is not in God and you have things, before you know, your faith is in your money, the money in the bank. If you're not giving it out. You will be trusting. That will be your God. And what's going to happen is. Because that's your God. You protect it. You don't want anything going away from it. And you lie and cheat. And do all of that. Just to keep more of it. You will do that. So he says those that are rich. Commend them. Notice he says to command. Command them. To give. Not to be proud. He says, tell the rich people to do good, to be rich in doing good. In other words, to give, give, keep doing good. Give, give. Those who have, keep giving. To be generous and ready to share. He says to do that. By doing that, they will be saving a treasure for themselves as a strong foundation for the future. What future are we talking about? In heaven? No, right here. So you don't know what's going to happen in the future. But you have a strong foundation. And then they will be able to lay hold or be able to have the life that is true life. Right here. King James says to lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Meaning, when you are not giving to God's work and you have... Remember what Jesus said. It is hard. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle 
than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The rich man doesn't mean you have a lot of money. You become rich because you are holding it to yourself and you are not willing to let it go. There are rich Christians. Zacchaeus was rich. He could care less about his money. He was ready to let it go. I'll give them five. I'll give them back. If I have cheated anyone, I'm going to do that. But then the rich young ruler, what did he say? Jesus told him to give, come and follow me. He was sad. He went back home. We need to learn to give to God. That's the way God will give to us. Everyone who gives to God will never lose your reward. You cannot give to God and God not give back to you. You may go through a, t- a period of dryness, but that's se- sowing season. Because the Bible says, for everything under heaven, there is a time and there is a season. So when the se- if you are doing it, don't be weary in well-doing, because you are going to reap. God's going to reward you. There is a time. And God will come through immediately. But don't quit doing what you're doing. Even if it's a dollar, every Sunday, that's what you can afford Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. God can bring something back to you. Stand up with me today. First thing we need to do is to make sure that we give our lives to Christ. That's the foundation. The foundation of of all that we're talking about. God doing business with you is to make sure first that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For me personally, I feel so blessed. I've seen God's blessings on my life. Don't quite understand all of it. I've seen blessings on my children. I can tell you, (laughs) I think Angela and I agree, we don't know really what we've done. But we love him. Amen? And by the grace of God, we made the sacrifice by his grace, by God's grace. There was a time when the Ark Fellowship started, all we could feed our kids was noodles. And hot dogs, you slice them and boil them with the noodles. That's all we had. With one car, and we were raising money to buy our first church. And that went on for months. By the grace of God, we've, by the grace of God, we've sacrificed whatever it, we need to do so that the work of God will continue. But God has not forgotten us. Amen? God's been good to us. And God will be good to you. God will be good to you. Be faithful to God. When it comes to giving, don't hold back. That's your, your ticket out of your suffering, financially and in every way. Don't hold back. Hold on to that and let God do his work. It is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight. Let God do it for you so when you tell your story, everyone can tell that was God. How can I get God to do the same thing for me? He said, thank you. I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He is asking to be your Lord and Savior, and you can make that happen today if you will just raise your hand and say, God, 
I need you in my life today. You've tried it your own way. Or maybe you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you are not really living for Him, and it bothers you that you are not able to live for Him, but you need Him to help you today. All you have to do is raise your hand up. God, I want to understand you better. I've been hearing from everybody else. I just want to know you personally. I need that in my life. If you do that boldly today, God will hear from heaven. God will see your hand and a new work will begin in you. At the count of three, just raise your hand up high. One, two, three. Raise your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand raised. So glad. May God bless you. May God bless you. May God be good to you. May God bless you for being sincere with him this morning that you need him and that you want to walk with him. Let's put our hands together and clap to the Lord for the work God's doing right now for these individuals that are making that decision for God. And God will respond and bless you. God will respond and bless you. For the rest of us, if you feel like Things are not the way you want them to be. Make a covenant with God today. I'm starting today. I'm going to do what it takes. Talk to me. If you stay with it, talk to me after five years. You'll be singing a new tune. Amen. (laughs) Because God would have transformed everything. There's a real God. Amen. There's a real God. If you serve him, it may not be overnight. But I'm telling you, he'll take you to the promised land. He'll take you to the promised land. And so we need to trust Him today. Amen? Let's trust Him today. Those that decided to receive Christ, would you pray with me? Please, everyone, pray with me to receive Jesus into my life. I need Him every day of my life. I need Jesus. I want to serve Him with all of my heart. No holding back. I'm going to serve Him. No matter what I suffer, I'm going to serve Him. I told the Lord that this morning. This is my refrain. I tell him, I want to serve you, God. Not as just as the pastor. I want to serve you. I want to please you. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for dying on the cross. Lord Jesus, for me, it was for me. And today, I say to you that I'm grateful. Lord Jesus, I ask you, come into my heart. Live your life through me. In Jesus' name. Help me to serve you from this day forth. In the name of Jesus and for the rest of my life. Amen.